Welcome to Booz Allen Hamilton's Unstoppable Together podcast, a series of stories that unite us and empower each of us to change the world. I'm Jenny Brooks with Booz Allen Hamilton, and I'm passionate about diversity, equity, and inclusion. Please join me in conversation with a diverse group of thought leaders to explore what makes them and all of us unstoppable. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Unstoppable Together podcast. I'm Jenny Brooks, and I'm excited today to be joined by members of Buzellan's Globe Plus Business Resource Group, which represents the lesbian, gay, bisexual, transgender, non-binary, queer, and questioning employees at Buzellan. In today's episode, we'll be diving further into allyship and specifically what being an ally in our own communities means. Please join me in welcoming Natasha Christensen, Craig Weiner, and Liana Newman. Each of them bring their unique identities and life experiences to the table, and I'm excited to learn more through this discussion today. First, let's open by asking each of you to introduce yourselves, provide us with your preferred pronouns, and help us define what an ally means to you. Natasha? Hi, my name is Natasha Christensen. My pronouns are she and her. I define allyship and being an ally as being someone whose words align to my actions as it concerns seeking to include, be an inclusive person, and to emphasize issues that really matter to to me and that matter to others. So I think of it as being an active advocate almost. And that's regardless of what group it is about or what issue it is about. If I say that I value human rights, then I'm an active advocate for that. If I say that I value social justice, then I'm an active advocate for that. And that means for any group that is affected or impacted by that, any group that's infected or impacted by inequities. And I have a big problem with performative measures of being an advocate and for individuals and and communities that tend to jump on the bandwagon when something is trending almost and something seems like I have to make a statement, but then the statement doesn't align with the actions that they're taking to serve, to benefit and support those individuals who are being marginalized or deeply impacted by whatever they're making a statement about. So my definition of being an ally is showing up and doing what I can to learn and be as actively engaged as possible. Thank you. Can you give me an example of proformative measures? People who were very vocal in certain instances about human rights abuses are suddenly very silent. So when you've established that your organization or that you as an individual value the human rights of of another, human rights in general, and then you go silent, I think that that's one example of performative nature. When we saw this past year, so much going on within the African-American community, which I'm a part of, and so much happening against Black and Brown people, there were a lot of efforts to put a Black box on your social media to show that Black lives matter, but then to basically say in every instance when something came up that try to diminish or dismiss Black lives left and right, there were so many efforts by companies to suddenly say, we value inclusivity, we value 
the rights of other, we're seeing what's going on within the community and where they would set up listening sessions and things like that, but then there's no action on the back end to make sure that they're creating space and opportunity to combat inequities within their own organizations and within their own workspaces. Thank you. So active allyship, emphasis perhaps on the action combined with allyship. Okay. Thank you. Craig, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. My name is Craig Weiner. I am an associate in the pricing and estimating services under financial services, uh, recently moved internal from client side. I am the current director of membership for Globe Plus, recently started our term, and I've been with the firm for almost three years now. I was originally brought in by Globe Plus during Pride Month events and activities. So it's a very close place to my heart. My preferred pronouns are he and him. And allyship and allies, to me, being an ally is providing support in any form to someone who has a different identity or life perspective from your own. And in particular, I like to make a distinction between passive and active allyship. So it lends really well to you know, Natasha's concepts. To me, passive is, I think, something a lot more of us are familiar with and have been kind of the norm for a long time. It's you know casual, reactive, offhand, and more often than not convenient. And I think the past year has really elevated the awareness and made a necessity of active allyship, where it's very intentional, People are being proactive about their efforts, thought, word, and deed, and oftentimes requires effort on people's parts. Having hard conversations is not easy. Doing something that's unpopular is not easy. But you know, there's almost like an exigence where this has to happen now. It's that moment in history. Craig, do you have notable experiences, particularly perhaps in the last year or before, around being an ally or receiving allyship? You know, it's really interesting. I think I bring maybe a perspective that's more common and isn't necessarily easy for some people to share, but I would say I was probably the more passive ally for a long time. And I think that realization and acknowledgement is super important. And it means a lot to me because it's like, you have these people who are your friends and you suddenly realize you should have been doing more. And that's really hard, but it's never too late to start. So the past year for me has been a journey to learn the difference of what passive and active allyship looks like. In particular, within our community, you know, there's a lot of stigma against people who are bisexual or transgender or queer questioning. And so it's just reconciling with that has been a big focus for me. Liana? My name is Liana Newman. Pronouns are, I don't use any. <laughs> no pronouns. I just ask folks to use my first name. A little bit of a story behind there. but And in my view, an ally is someone who does difficult things when the community that they're allied, allied to isn't around. When their community that they're allied to isn't around, what do you mean by that? I think sometimes allyship can sort of move into a space of being very performative and a true ally can be in a room, hear an inappropriate joke. The person who maybe the joke would be targeted to isn't in the room, but the ally still speaks up. Okay. Thank you. Would you mind sharing with us the story behind not using pronouns? You said there's a bit of a story to that. Would you be willing to share that with us today? Yeah, definitely. So I came out as non-binary in either 2014 or 2015. And 
I had gone to the Philadelphia Trans Health Conference, and at that conference, I had, you know, like, picked up the pronoun thing, and I was like, I guess I am she, I don't know. And then I started, like, seeing all these different variations. After attending a session about, like, what it meant to be non-binary, a lot of the thoughts and feelings that I had had, it was very strange because I was like, oh, I thought this was just normal. Okay, well, I guess maybe I'm not binary. So I started out with they, them pronouns uh, in the workplace I was working at, but I worked with two HR professionals who were English majors and didn't have an issue telling me that they didn't like they, them pronouns. And so one of them, when they had to write up my report, like just like my performance review, she used just my name, sort of like a weird passive aggressive, not using pronouns, but still not misgendering me and the ironic part about it was that i I, like i love my name (laughs) it's great (laughs) humble brag but so i was just like you know what maybe this is something that i'd want to do and when i'd gone to the philadelphia trans health conference like the following year i saw someone who walked around with a badge that said no pronouns and i like inquired a bit and i was like wait that I didn't know that was an option. I didn't know there were options. <laughs> I just thought it was like, if you're non-binary, it's they, them. And so ever since then, I've just been using my name and that's been going for since like 2000, probably around 16, I think is when I made the switch. So, And when you see a group of, in this case, white people who are coalescing and coming forward and saying, you know, Black Lives Matter or Queer Lives Matter, what is that immediate sense? Natasha? I admit I tend to roll my eyes a a little bit because on the one hand, I want to know where they're coming from with it. Because I found that when people say Black Lives Matter, there tends to be an angle that they're coming from with it. There tends to be a but afterwards. So I want to know if there's going to be an immediate but afterwards or if it's just a full sentence in their mind. Black Lives Matter, period. What just happened was totally wrong. None of this makes sense. Like people should not have a sense that anytime they might encounter police, that they might lose their lives. That that should not ever make sense in anyone's brain, in my mind. So I tend to wonder where their what their angle is. And do you think that will change in the future? Do you think we'll be having a different conversation in three to five years as we look back and you won't be looking for the butt? I grew up in the South, so when it comes to being Black, I'm always looking for a butt <laughs> a little bit. So, But I do think that there will be more people willing to, as I said, stand up when they see something that seems off and be put themselves in a position to be observant of it and then hold more people accountable. And I hope that we see that grow in leaps and bounds from where it is right now, because Before, if a Black person was pulled over on the side of a road, you'd normally see other Black people stop and be the first ones to slow down and see, okay, I just want to slow roll to see what's going on, make sure if you need anything, I don't know this person, but I'm just making sure that if they need anything. Now, you'll see a lot of people instantly be like, what's going on over there? And put themselves into a position of, of potential danger, but also to bear witness to something versus just be like, that is none of my business. Those are not my people. I'm just going to walk away. So I do think we've seen a lot of change when it comes to that. And we need to see people from outside the Black community be the ones to be the ones to do that as well. We can't always be the ones banging our own drum. In order to make any change happen, you need to have the people willing to say like, no, this is wrong. I'm going to stand in front of you. Because I know that my, unfortunately, I know that as a white person, my body in this current state and environment we're in 
is of greater value in this context than yours. So if I put myself in front of you, then I'm protecting you in that way. That needs to change, obviously. And I think that we're seeing more and more of it changes. More people are willing to step and say that Black Lives Matter, Brown Lives Matter, Trans Lives Matter, and seeing the intersectionality of those spaces and say that we're going to stand up for all of it. I think it's going to take a lot of time, but I also think that we're seeing we're seeing less people show up and just say, I don't see color. We're seeing a lot more um, consciousness in terms of what people are saying and, and what they mean, and then also what they're doing to put themselves forward. We definitely need more of it. We need a lot more active allyship, but I'm cautiously optimistic. And what you share resonates with me. We did a recent conversation on the D's of de-escalating conflict. And for anyone who's interested, you know, one of our other podcasts, and I learned so much in that conversation about different strategies to de-escalate and some of what you shared align well with what our guest speaker offered during that conversation as well. And so as we're looking at, when we're talking about allyship, some of what we are examining is we often think of allyship as something that you can only do for the communities that you're not a part of or don't identify as, right? Can you share with us times your idea of being an ally has expanded or changed? Liana? A couple of things come to mind. Something that I, I think is really important is what I mean when I talk about performative is there are times where you'll see, last year is a great example, like people marching in the street, demanding justice, but then at the same time engaging in behaviors that are opposite of what they're demanding. And so allyship to me is definitely like being strong within one's conviction in a way that you're unwavering no matter what the situation Mm -hmm. is and that you're constantly seeking out your own opportunities to learn and grow because, and also being okay with like not knowing everything and not getting it perfect. I think that there's this assumption that if you are claiming allyship to a community, if you even mess up a little bit, like you're canceled and that's not the case. Like a true ally can like learn from that mistake, own it, and then just like use it as a stepping stool to do better. Good example. I was at a many years ago, I was at a Weight Watchers meeting in Queens, New York, and the individual there who was like teaching the class had made some comment around Asian women. And there weren't any Asian women in the class, but I did tell her that it was inappropriate. And then I just never went back to that meeting. And when I told my mom about it, you know, she was, but you're not Asian. And I was like, it doesn't matter. And it doesn't matter that anyone wasn't in the room, but why? The comment made me uncomfortable. I could only imagine if someone who it was actually directed at had experienced it. Just little moments and little things like that, I consider that to be allyship. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very, it's a great picture for, for people to easily grasp. What are the questions that I could have asked so far that I haven't asked around allyship? What does it mean to be, and it might sound weird, but like an ally to your own community. When we think about like LGBTQ, sometimes the T gets left out or other folks are just aren't educated on it. And so being an ally to the trans community becomes sort of this expectation, but then there's no, it's like expectation without understanding, I guess, and trying to kind of work towards that. So I have worked with people who are 
who are queer, they're not trans, and then trying to kind of explain like why I need them to speak up if someone misgenders me, gets kind of, well, they're like, well, I don't want to rock the boat. And it's okay, but like, we're all community. (laughs) I would tip the boat over for you. So, yeah. At the end of every podcast, we give our guests some free space to share their final thoughts with those listening. Craig, what are your final thoughts for those listening today? A lot of people think about queer issues as being heavily tied into sexuality, something that's very taboo to talk about in a corporate environment, but it is part of being human, and Booz always talks about bringing our full selves. I personally celebrate being a queer person because I think it's taught me lessons that I would have never learned. It has created who I am as a person in a much broader sense than I think I could have been otherwise. I would say I'm more introspective, more considerate of others. I've always kind of felt like I can be a diplomat or a bridge between different people speaking different languages. You know, not literal languages necessarily, but, you know, talking between technical and lay people. And I think because I was able to pass, for those who don't know, pass means that, you know, people perceived me as being straight. I kind of had my feet in both sides. And so I was able to see things from different perspectives and really gain an appreciation for why that's so important. That's why intersectionality means so much to me. Um, That's why I think allyship is so important. Um, So yeah, being queer has shaped who I am as a person in every possible facet of my life in so many ways that I think people don't really understand unless you really take like a philosophical look at it. And that's what I celebrate. Thank you. Liana, what are your thoughts? There's a lot of people who are allies and have done a lot of the work and are creating spaces for other allies to come and have those conversations so that they're not putting that onus on the communities they're being allies to. And I think that it's another part of just like doing that work, being responsible for one's own growth is to like go and seek out those spaces. A quick example is during everything that happened last year, my partner started a group, like a, a book discussion group for other white people to talk about all these things going on. I was not involved. I was not even tangentially like asked anything. She just like went, did the work, organized. And I think that that is like a really great example of allyship personally. Natasha, what are your final words for those listening today? I'm definitely leaned into and embraced more of the intersectionality of who I am as a person and who I am as a queer person is much more in the last, I think, year and a half, like taking the time, thanks to COVID, to really reflect on it and see where, which pockets of space that who I am fits into and embracing that more and being much more like vocal about it has been great. And it's brought a lot of amazing people into my life, I really encourage everybody else to do the same. You don't necessarily have to do it as vocally, but just like have that, you know, moment to be like, does this community or does this thing resonate with me? Does it like that speak to me? And if so, reach out to those people who are involved and active and set those connections in place. Because right now I think we're in this great space where people are open to and receptive to hearing from others and having those genuine conversations and being asked somewhat difficult or sensitive questions because we're all questioning. It, it might be about 
anything under the sun, but we're all questioning. We all are wondering sort of what's next for us. How can we grow? How can we develop? How can we be more engaged and involved and take our passions to a place of purpose? And I really hope that as we move forward throughout the rest of the year, that we see more and more of how we can take our our passions and our interests into an impactful purpose. And I look forward to seeing what Globe does in relation to that. I've been loving the um, the work to collaborate with the other BRGs across the board. And yeah, I just want to see more of that continue and sort of lean into how best I can serve others and how best I can continue to be an active ally within my communities. So I'm excited. Thank you. I'm also excited and inspired. We appreciate you being with us today. Thanks for listening. Visit careers.boozallen.com to learn how you can be unstoppable with Booz Allen. Be the future. Work with us. The world can't wait.